This is a Dangerous Tweets podcast. I'm your host, Stacia, here with my co-host, Juice. Yes, what's up, everybody? Um, we're about to have some fun today. Talk oh, yeah. about some uh, tweets that maybe we shouldn't have tweeted, but we'll figure <laughs> it out later. I didn't tweet mine, but yeah, we got some interesting topics to talk about today, so let's just get into it. The first one is something that you posted in a group chat. Could you read that for us so that we uh, can talk about it? Oh, yeah. Wait, which one? The 50-50. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, boom. Peep game. <clears throat> if my man pays for lunch, I'll pay for dinner. If he pays for the movie tickets, I got the snacks. If he gets the bill, I got the next. 50-50 is where it's at. Stop expected. Stop expecting to be treated like a queen if you're not treating him like a king. Mm. Do you know who tweeted that or you just saw it somewhere? No, I just saw it somewhere. I didn't know. Mm. I wouldn't have tweeted that, but you know. All right, so let's weigh in on it. You go first. Mm, I don't. I don't agree. Um, fifty fifty is 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 a numbers thing, and not every relationship is about numbers. If if I'm in a relationship with somebody, and she makes four hundred thousand dollars, and I only make a hundred thousand dollars, that fifty fifty is not gonna gonna work out the same way because you have more of a means to your gross means is way different from mine. Now, if we're speaking in terms of um, non finances, like just effort 50 50 effort then i like that because then it says that okay um there's something that you can't do here but what you're lacking here you can do somewhere else you know i might not be able to bring home four hundred thousand dollars like you do but i keep the house clean and i keep you know food on the table i'm all i'm i'm cooking i'm you know doing all the doodads and and home stuff making sure that the grass is cut and everything like that like like, that's something that you don't have to do while your busy day is contingent upon what you're doing to keep your $400,000 moving in here. Okay, so let's say y'all make around the same amount. Then the money, the money 50-50 works if you make around the same amount. Like, I like to think that the women that I deal with make the same amount of money as me. So that works. But when you know for a fact, like, I dealt with a, a woman who um, volunteered um, at this uh, youth group foundation, she didn't bring home a dime. Right. But the 50-50 was different because when I saw her, she brought other things mm-hmm. to the table that didn't include money or, or monetary um, gain or anything like that. Right. It sounds like the tweet is strictly talking about money. And I personally, reading it, like, I'm down for the 50-50. I don't mind... Paying, I mean, even if even if the dude, I guess it's different for a woman. Even if the dude makes a whole bunch more than me, like I'm okay with paying because I I make enough to pay. Like I can afford my own shit, you know. So like I don't need you to pay for mine. And I think as a woman, it's like if a dude is paying for everything of mine, especially if we're just now starting out dating, you have to like think about. I mean, I guess it depends on who you're dating, but it's like, okay, there's no, nothing is free. So if you are paying for everything, what what do you expect back? I like to upfront, like, I don't mind paying for myself because I don't want you to think that I owe you anything. You know what I'm saying? Facts. So I'm, I'm cool with the 50-50. Now, I do like, like, it's always a pleasant surprise if a guy pays for my stuff. Like, I'm like, oh, that's nice of you, but I, I don't want... 
I don't expect him to, nor do I want him to think that, oh, yeah, I'm paying for your stuff. Like, you owe me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm I'm down with the 50-50. And like you said, it really just depends on the relationship and the people because, you know, like, if, if they agree that they're going to do 50-50, if they agree that, you know, one time one person pays, one time the other person pays, then that's them. But, yeah, I'm I'm cool with the 50-50 splits. Yeah, no, I feel you on that one. And again, um, like I said, 50-50 works if y'all bring it home something. But if we in two different tax yeah. brackets, I ain't really trying to, you know, but that's just me. You know, we, we got different um, opinions. Okay. All right. So the next tweet was actually posted by The Shade Room. I don't know how true it is or what the validity is, but. I was really surprised when I saw this. So, I'm going to just read what, what the Shade Room said, and then we can talk about it. With the caveat that I don't know how legitimate this is. But, it says, in a diversity statement adopted by the organization's international board and obtained by at Washblade, whatever that is, it states that an individual must be a cisgender woman to join the organization. So, basically, Zeta Phi Beta, sorority. For those who don't know, it's a, a historically black sorority, is reportedly blocking transgender women from joining their organization. Hmm. What's wrong with it? Okay, all right. I'll I'll go first on this one then. Um that's kind of wild. I I think that a transgender woman in in if we're being politically correct. And if we are going by the widely held belief that if you're a transgender woman, you are a woman. Not You're not a traditional... Okay, I guess let me say that. You're not a traditional woman. You're not a cisgender woman, but you are a transgender woman. You do not identify as male anymore. You are a woman. And if a person identifies as a woman, I don't understand why they would be blocked from joining a sorority like they're not a dude they're not pretending to be a woman like they have identified themselves as a woman they're living their life as a woman so i don't understand why they would be barred from joining the organization like why does it have to just be cisgender women here's my thing this is a perfect opportunity for the lgbt community especially transgender women to start their own thing and I, and I don't say that as separate but equal. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. We look at transgender... Well, I look at transgender women to be unique women. You, There are certain abilities that you have that women who were born as a female, they don't have those same abilities. That's fair. So when you take these abilities... And again, a lot of people hear me call transgender women unicorns. And not because of any sexual innuendos or anything, but because you are really a special breed. Like, you are a different, beautiful breed of a human being. And because of that, it's very difficult for me to look at you with the same scope that I look at women who are born women. Prime example, looking at sports, looking at the wrestling tournaments, the weightlifting competitions, the UFC tournaments, these transgender women have these uncanny, freakish abilities that women who are born women do not have. They do not possess that strength or or certain abilities that you have. So when you're winning and you're defeating everybody by loads of points and you're just clearly the better person on the on the card, 
it's time for us to take a look at that and say, okay, it's time for you to be in a class of your own with peers that are in that same class as you. Like, mm-hmm. I can't feel bad that a sorority um, incorporated in the divine nine says, okay, we don't want transgender women in there. Okay, cool. Transgender women, it's time for y'all to make a sorority for yourself. Branch out, start something new, be your own founders and create something that other transgender women want to strive to be a part of. If if you start a Tau Sigma Sigma or something like that, and it's a transgender community um, organization incorporated, then that's perfect. Then when that gives people the strength to come out and say, you know what, I'm a trans woman, and when I get to college, I aspire to be a part of this community that wants to include me. Right. I, I, I just wouldn't want to be a part of something that don't want me included. That's fair, and but I think... There, there's so much history that comes with the Divine Nine and these organizations. Like, let's say you're a transgender woman and your mom was a Delta and your grandma was a Delta or, you know, any... I say Delta because I'm a Delta, but, like, a Zeta because I don't think Delta has said anything like this. I hope not. But, like, let's say your mom's a Zeta and your grandma's a Zeta. Like, there's something to be said that I'm a transgender woman and I want to follow in the steps of, you know, these women that I admire that came before me and this organization is not letting me be a part of it. And I get that, like, yeah, if if they don't want me, I don't want to be a part of it. But I, what I'm trying to figure out is why Zeta would say that. Like, especially in this era where, like, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are for people going Greek these days. But, like, why would you, like, not want to include people that want to join your organization, that want to pay their dues? Like, they're a woman and to the point of... You know, when you talked about sports and other, um, I guess, organizations where the physicality of it could come into play or the anatomy, you know, could come into play. Greek life is not the same. Like, there's nothing that you would do in Greek life that would make you better than anybody else because you are a transgender woman. You know, like, maybe you stomp a little harder at the step shows. Like, I I don't know what... In, in a sorority, like, what you're serving, you're, you know, meeting people. Like, there's there's nothing about that that being transgender would be like, oh, you have an unfair advantage over the other woman. I, just, I don't get it. I don't get it. But I, I do I see your point. I just don't get why Zeta would would say that if if this is a real thing. And I hope they I hope it's not. And if it is, I hope they go back on it because that's it's ridiculous to me. I mean, if it is a real thing then it's going to bring up a a bigger question in society, and that's where do we accept um, people who are different from us? And it always turns into that no matter what it is. When you look at anything that's going on in society right now, we want to include everybody in everything. We want to give everybody some sort of recognition. Every, they want, they, they're allowing girls to be Boy Scouts now. <laughs> they're allowing um, transgender women to compete against women in, in different competitions. No, yeah, I don't know how fair that is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, So at, at what point in time do we, as a society, say, okay, you know what? This is how we're going to break this down. We, we, need, we need someone to sit down and say, okay, this is how we're going to treat this. Are we going to have transgender bathrooms now? Are we going to have transgender leagues now? Are we going to have transgender societal areas? Because if that's the case, that would be so dope. Like, I would love to watch women's boxing, men's boxing, and then 
trans boxing, trans like trans women, but like like put a trans woman against another trans woman yeah. and let them go at it. Put a trans woman that plays basketball against another trans woman that plays basketball and watch what happens. Because I promise you, I guarantee you, you put a trans woman out there against someone with like like abilities as hers, and I'm not saying that women are inferior or anything. I'm just saying these trans women were once believed to be men mm-hmm. and they changed their identity as women but you can't change your dna so yeah. to speak like if you if you got that strength to to knock somebody out with that left it's not going to change <laughs> just because you the, the right <laughs> that that doesn't change so let's put them against like-minded people and let's make competitions great again let's make sports great again but in terms of this if it's real um, to all the transgender community out there or LGBT community out there, it's time for y'all to start making y'all own stuff because what's going to happen is you're always going to come into contact with someone who does not want to be mm-hmm. a part of, of, of what you are or down with what you are. And I think that's why the black fraternities right. were made in the beginning. That, like yeah. I, I thought that's the whites didn't want them, so they said, okay, we're going right. to make our own. Now, if the blacks don't that's a shame. want you, or not the blacks, but if certain people in the, in the sorority don't want you, cool make, make your own. own it's time for you to make history and that's just how i feel about that that's fair well that's a good segue to my first dangerous tweet so i have a little notebook of things that i want to tweet but i just write them down in a notebook because they are bigger topics that can't be explored in 200 and how many characters we got 240 240, 240, 240 280, 280 whatever like so that's gonna be um kind of the premise of this so my first <laughs> dangerous tweet um, good segue into it. Uh, so I wrote this on March 26th, actually, and I said, I'm glad I'm not homophobic anymore. That was my first dangerous tweet. Mm. Um, and I don't know what spurred that thought, because it was back in March. Um, but I used to be homophobic. And when I say homophobic, like, okay, so in its, in its rawest terms, homophobic means fear of gay people, homosexuals. Um, and I think a lot of people get, you know, deemed homophobic and they're like, I'm not scared. But I, and I would be one of those people that was like, I'm not scared of them. I'm not like, ah, you're gay. Help, you know? But growing up in the South and in the Bible Belt and in church, it just was kind of embedded in me that being gay is not right. And so I went through life with that mindset. Um, kind of unbeknownst to me, really, like it was subconscious mostly. Um, but I, you know, just interacting with gay people, it was like, uh, you're something's not right about you, you know, and that comes across to people when you're talking to them. And so actually in 2017, I think it was one of my sorority sisters, um, I was on a trip with her. We were in South America and, we were talking about this girl that we went to college with that um, is a lesbian. And I, I don't know what the conversation was. We were just like, oh, yeah, well, I saw that she's doing this now and she's doing that and da 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 da. And I said something. Um, I don't remember what it was because it, it didn't like I was just talking. I was just, you know, talking about the situation. And to me, it didn't it didn't seem homophobic to me. But my line sister said, you're homophobic. <laughs> and I was like, you know, when, when somebody calls you out on something, like your ego is like, oh, how dare you? And especially when you don't think that you are. And I was like offended. And I I didn't say anything back because I realized that the fact that I was offended meant that there was probably some truth to it, you know? 
and somebody calls you something and you're not it's like oh well that you know but when you're offended it's like oh damn like you just came for me um and I was like man so I, I didn't pull a um you know what white people like to do like I, no I'm not racist I have a black friend like I wasn't like I'm not racist my best friend is gay like I was like damn am I homophobic and over the course of the next couple of years like I kind of worked through that and I realized I was and it really just kind of took me exploring on my own like what I believe and what I was taught when it came to you know being gay and the LGBTQ plus community and yeah like I definitely was homophobic and I'm not anymore like I don't think that I'm I'm to, I'm at the point in life where I'm like everybody has their own journey and everybody's going to get to where they need to be and personally I don't care what you do how you do it you know as long as you are not hurting me or causing me any pain or or you know I don't know as long as you're not coming against me and what I'm doing I'm not coming against you and what you're doing I don't care I, I just it's too much going on in my life for me to care about what you got going on and so, yeah, I am so glad I'm not homophobic anymore because full circle, um, I don't know, I don't know if I should say this, but anyway, it, it all came, it all came full circle. I don't want to put too many people's business out there, but I can now interact with certain people that, um, did come out to me as gay and I don't think they would have felt comfortable doing that before knowing how I was, but now it's like, I, I really, I don't care. So, yeah, dangerous tweet. I think that um, I wouldn't have been able to tweet that. Um, but I'm going to tell you why. Um, first of all, let me start by saying that I am not homophobic. Um, there's, a, there's a thin line um, in, on social media with homophobia and, um, I guess, not being homophobic. The problem with people... Um, who like to throw the word homophobia out is they forgot that there's this thing called preference in life. And um, I had to explain to somebody at the barbershop um, who was calling me homophobic because I said I didn't want to go to a gay bar for my birthday. I mm-hmm. wanted to, why would I want to go to a gay bar for my birthday? It's my birthday. I'm straight. <laughs> right. So they're like, nah, you've been homophobic, bro, because Ugh. if you, it, what, if the, what if the people from the gay bar came to the straight bar? And I'm like, Okay, that doesn't change anything. Like that's that's like my choice of doing what I want to do and my preference does not mean that I am intolerant of someone else. For instance, I will go to the the freaky museum and I will pick up a spider and I will play with it. I'll let the spider run all over my hand. My friends were avid spider collectors and tarantula collectors. We used to pick them up, play with them all the time. That does not mean I want to go to bed with a spider crawling around <laughs> on me. Like, that does not mean I'm arachnophobic. That just means at that particular time, mm-hmm. I do not want to have a, a spider on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I am ready to get drunk and I'm ready to go out and be lusty with 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 women that I am sexually attracted to, mm-hmm. why would I want to be in a gay bar to do that where the gay bar promotes homosexuality it it promotes men coming up towards me to attempt to flirt with me or deal with me um or vice versa that's just not my cup of tea so that doesn't make me homophobic that just is my preference Mm -hmm. the same with when people say oh you're transphobic because you wouldn't date a transgender woman i am 29 years old i'm not dating just to date anymore i'm dating to 
start a family, find a soulmate, and everybody's going to keep saying, oh, you can adopt, you can do this, you can do that. What if the woman you marry cannot have kids or blah, 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 blah. We'll cross those bridges when we get there. I'm just not going to effectively burn a bridge before I even get up to the moat. It just doesn't make sense. I, If I was not looking for a woman to procreate with, if I was not looking for someone who... I want someone who was born a woman so that when we lay down, we can naturally have kids and create a family that way. And I want my kids to be mine and I want them to be hers. I, I Adopting is cool. You know, my mom has adopted. My aunts have adopted. I've thought about adopting once or twice, but I want my kids to be in and of my blood, in and of my kingdom. So dating a transgender woman, um, dating a man. Um, as in terms of the homophobia side, dating a man or dating a transgender woman is kind of outside of my scope. So um, we have to stop calling everybody homophobic or everybody transphobic just because their preference is not what you would want it to be. I'm sorry that I don't want to date a man. I'm sorry that I don't want to date um, a woman who was born a man. Um, I don't want to date a man who was born a woman. I like my women born as women and continuing to be women. So there's that. So if my preference is, if my preference uh, is, is an issue for you, then um, apologize to yourself. Right. I mean, that's fair. And I think at the end of the day is your preference and it's what you want to do. And nobody should have a say in what you want to do. As long as you are not actively harming, you know, a transgender woman comes up to you and you're like, no bitch and punch her in the face. Like, no, that's not okay. But you're saying, Hi, pretty woman. Like, I, I see you. I understand. I'm just not, that's not my cup of tea. Like, and, and that's okay. I I don't think there's a problem with that, but I'm sure people will have a problem with it and they can let us know mm. in the comments. Okay. So what is your, what is your untweeted tweet or dangerous tweet that I think you tweeted it? So yeah, I, I tweet my dangerous tweets. All right. I, You're I dangerous. On, you live on the edge. I walk on the wild side. Um, we, there was, and we're going to segue back to the, um, the transgender topic because there was a tweet um and the tweet was basically um on c news tb which is tbc news i don't know if it was real or not but they said that sonic is expected to be transgender in his upcoming movie and sonic the hedgehog yeah sonic the hedgehog is expected to be transgender in his upcoming movie in order to be appropriate for a 2019 <laughs> audience so i tweeted bro LMFAO. Okay. Sonic been a dude who identified as a dude. He had a whole girlfriend. LMFAO. Mm-hmm. It's a hedgehog, not a human. Um, mm. I got. I didn't get any backlash. I got people that you know hit me up and we had conversations about it. And uh, again, this goes out to the LGBT community. Uh, please stop trying to turn straight characters into LGBT characters when there are enough LGBT characters out there. Are there enough? Yes. There. Listen, the biggest thing that we have in this comic book world, Marvel, DC, everybody swears there's not enough gay representation. If you pick up a comic book, you will see there are so many black characters, so many Hispanic characters. There's characters of every race, religion, creed, all of that. Hitler had his own comic book. There's so many... Um, gay characters out there and they're intertwined in the show and they go through the same things that gay people in the real world go through there's uh, uh when Catwoman and poison ivy used to have a thing for each other they had a whole comic book series about that mr terrific is a gay black man that has to struggle 
with being a gay black man in a society where people want him to save them, but then when they find out he's gay, they have an issue with it. The same with with what happens in our society. Like, there's enough gay, enough LGBT representation already out there. You just have to do your research and find the character. I'm sorry that the directors out here aren't making movies that are suited towards you. You know, just like I told the black community, I'm sorry that we don't get enough quote unquote black representation in these movies, but you have to do your research. There are there are black directors out there making black movies. There are LGBT directors out there making LGBT movies. You might have to go to these Sundance festivals. You might have to go to these other movie festivals, Cinema 5 or whatever the case may be. But it's enough out there that you don't have to turn a straight character into an LGBT character, you know. Um, one time they were saying that they wanted Joker to be gay. Um, Joker is pretty much pansexual, so to, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would like to think that him and Deadpool are pansexual. Um, there are other characters out there that already fit these narratives that you want. You just have to do the research and, and, and find them yourself. And once you find them, you'll realize, okay, there's so much diversity and there's so much inclusion already that we don't need to turn another straight character who hasn't had any screenplay in forever. Sonic hasn't been on TV since I was like seven. That was like 22 years ago. Like, why are we turning him him gay? I don't know. And if you feel bad about what I said... Transgender, um, not gay. I'm sorry, transgender. (laughs) Um, Because they was talking about turning one of the other characters gay. I keep getting confused. And I think, like, it's... We should note that apparently this is fake. Like, people have said it was fake, and I just clicked on the link, and it doesn't go anywhere. But I think the reason why it got so much pickup on social media is because these are, like, it happens, you know? Like, it's it's not hard to believe. But people will believe anything on the internet. So, anyway, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, granted, I don't, like, watch, I don't, I didn't read comic books growing up, so I don't know. But, um, you know, we're in a very politically correct time uh, these days, and... It's really about money, you know? They want everyone to feel welcome because, you know, if you offend a certain community, and I think, especially with with Twitter these days, I think the black community and the LGBT community will get you canceled so quick if you offend them. Like, we are bad about that. Um, Like, even if a lot of times we get offended over stuff, I'm like, really? Is this what we want to? This is the hill we're going to die on? Okay, cool. So, I, I mean, from a money standpoint, like, if, if the, the production house decided that that's what they were going to do because they want to make sure that everybody is happy and included because they don't want to lose that coin. Like, I think at the end of the day, like, people think they're being inclusive because they want to be inclusive. No, they don't want to lose that coin. Like, they could keep it the way it was in the comic book, but it's like, oh, no, we want these people to come out and see this movie, so we're going to do it this way. But, you know, it is what it is, and I don't think that's going to happen. Sonic is going to be his full self, whoever he was, in the comic book. So, win for you guys. Okay. I didn't even get to talk about my tweet. Um, that was just a segue from that. Um, the, what what the, was the tweet? The YG tweet. No. Oh, okay. You want to go to that one now? Yeah. Can okay. I so, someone tweeted... Um, oh, Def Jam. I said something. Wow. So Def Jam wanted y'all to watch YG's new music video for Go Loco. A lot of people were tweeting um, like, no, I'm not feeling it. 
Like, why do y'all have a platform for YG? Why are y'all allowing him to coon it up right now? He's not even Hispanic, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Okay. So my response to that was, you know, folks have a problem with YG as a rapper, but Takashi 69 Pump, Skies, Peep, XXX, Tentacion, Famous Dex, and PNB is cool. Like, I, w- I want to know what that is. So, I'm, wait, give us the background for those of us who aren't keeping up with the, okay, so the hip-hop scene. A lot of these rappers that I named, um, uh, 6 9 Famous Dex. Wait, what, what did YG do first? Like, okay, so he released a video, and it had Loco in it, and, and, and so that was And he's dressed up in, like, Oh, it's like appropriation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, but people have had an issue with a lot of things that YG has done. Like, YG's wearing these uh, these dress shoes with all of his clothes. People have an issue with that. <laughs> Um, YG um, selling his bumped in clothing people have an issue with that Um, YG you know at shows you know getting into it with Crips people have an issue with that and my thing is you'll turn a blind eye to XXXTentacion hitting you know women beating up women you'll turn a blind eye to um, PNB um, sexually assaulting women you'll turn a blind eye to a whole video of Famous Dex stomping a girl out at a hotel um, you'll turn a blind eye to Takashi Six Nine and, and everything that he's doing, and and Lil Peep and Lil Skies and Pump. I've just ruled them all into one big ball just because of their antics and the stupid things that they do or say. You know, you've got Lil Pump getting kicked out of an airport because he smells like weed and he smells like he's intoxicated, but he's telling them that they're racist and he doesn't want to fly with them, so he'll get on his private jet. You got uh uh. Uh, little little skies was it was skies are peeped. One of them said that that they didn't listen to Tupac, so they just thought he was overrated or whatever the case may be. And you have these things where you have like cringeworthy things that these other rappers do that everybody just turns a blind eye to. But YG just puts on some dress pants with his camel shorts and his red bandana, and people have an issue with that. You know, it's just like why does all of these other rappers get a pass, but YG doesn't? YG has been in the game for more than a few years now. YG has had a couple number one um, hits on certain billboards here and there. You know, his albums are good. You know, he doesn't make the best music, but he doesn't make the worst music. And it's like, I'm just tired of people changing these narratives to fit certain things. You know, if YG punched a chick in the mouth, I wouldn't stand for him. I, I can't, you know, not stand, stand. I wouldn't stand for him. Like, I wouldn't even be able to, you know, defend him in any of his things. Gucci man kicked a whole woman at his show and, <laughs> and punched her in the mouth because she touched his chain. And nobody ever talks about that. Gucci is still everybody's favorite rapper. It's because he lost weight. We can forgive everything and you lose weight and get your teeth fixed. I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's just so easy for people to, if I'm a rapper and I punch a woman in the mouth, or I sexually assault a woman, or I'm on trial for rape. I'll have a bunch of 16-year-olds that have listened to my SoundCloud for the last three years say that I didn't do it. But YG, who is officially thorough in everything that he does, makes a video where he's you know, with the mariachi band and all that, and there's an issue. I just don't understand what's wrong with people these days, and I just wish <laughs> we, could, we could just get it together. Or I don't, Okay, I don't know half of those people. PNB... I think about peanut butter when I hear that. Um, and some of the other people I don't think I've heard of. But XXXTentacion, I don't... I would say that people didn't turn a blind eye to that because of the fact that I know that he was problematic. And if I know, then that means that the internet was talking about it. So, I mean, I'm sure a few of them had a blind eye turned to their things. But I guess it just depends on 
where you look. But overall, I guess people are not talking about the things that these people are doing. They're still supporting them. Um, but the thing about the internet is people are always going to have a problem with anything anybody does. So YG can't win and neither can anybody else really, even if you do it all right. So you just got to keep it pushing. Facts. Yeah, man. Okay. So my last dangerous tweet is, um, let's see. Yeah. I tweeted this on April or I wrote it down on April 4th and it says, I think, I think anxiety is just part of the growth. And maybe too much sugar and caffeine. And the background to that is, um, personally, like, I will feel some days I'll just get super anxious out of nowhere. Like, at my desk working and I just feel my heart start racing and I'm, like, kind of panic attack. Like, the room's closing in on me a little bit. And I'm like, mm-hmm, okay, what's going on? And I think that, like, a lot of times when we feel um, discomfort or anxiety, it's like something's wrong. I need to fix this. I must be doing something wrong. Why am I anxious? And so I wrote this trying to figure out, you know, what's going on? Why am I so anxious? And the conclusion I came to is that because ever since I kind of stumbled, and I didn't stumble into it, it was building up for years. But when I had my spiritual awakening in 2014, I I hadn't experienced anxiety at the level that I experience it um, now before that time. And it's like, dang, this is crazy. Like, why am I so anxious now that I am more awake and aware than I was before? And so I started thinking about that. And I'm like, maybe the anxiety just comes with the growth. Like, as you're breaking out of those boxes and those, you know, limits that you had on yourself and you're realizing what's real and what's not, it's kind of anxiety inducing because you're like, damn, I believe this one thing my whole life. And now I'm seeing that's not fact anymore that's scary, you know? And I think that is where the anxiety comes from. So I know that a lot of people in our generation, um, experience anxiety and it's like a thing that we talk about all the time. And a lot of us like self-medicate, like we don't know what to do with all this anxiety, but you know, at least for me, I can't speak for everyone, but at least for me, I think that I'm starting to kind of change the way I look at the anxiety. Um, not that something is wrong, that I'm doing something wrong. Because when you think like that, then it makes you even more anxious because you're like, what am I doing wrong? Ah, versus thinking, oh man, maybe I'm anxious because I am discovering new things and that's scary. And it's making my ego and my former self very nervous because we're walking into a path that we've never walked into before. Um, and then I said, and maybe too much sugar and caffeine. Cause the day I wrote this, I had Starbucks and I hadn't had Starbucks in a while. And I do know that Starbucks, whatever they put in that stuff in the sugar, like it'd be having me a little jittery and shaky and it makes my heart, you know, raise. So I think, I think the combination of the growth plus the caffeine is probably not, not a good mixture, but yeah, weigh in on that juice. I think that when it comes to. Anxiety. I think that when it comes to, uh, I'm say it's the best way that I can say it without offending anybody. I think that a lot of times people take a situation in their life and turn it into their like epic climatic movie moment. I think that we live in a society where we already go through too much. All of our bills are high as hell. None of uh, uh, the cost of living has continuously risen while wages have pretty much stayed the same. Um, We're at a point in our lives where every waking moment, there's something crazy going on. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Cops are killing us for no reason. We're killing us for no reason. McDonald's is killing us for no reason. <laughs> Everybody's killing us for no reason. Like, it is what it is. And when you think about that, if you just take the time and just sit back and just think, because we're in a, a, a rat race, because we're in such a, a competition-driven, a, a, a goals-driven, right-now-driven environment, mm-hmm. you don't have time to really sit on your hammock and just let your mind wander. Because when your mind wanders... It wanders to the next bill that's due. Right. It wanders to the next project that you got or the next midterm or whatever the case may be. And that's where the anxiety really comes from. And the anxiety is a self-induced medicine that we give ourselves. Like We force feed ourselves this anxiety. And then we have to run around and ask other people for the medication to help us with our anxieties. And I think that if we took a moment to tackle every task one at a time, it would be a lot easier. Stop yeah. trying to tackle nine tasks at one time. I've seen you do it where you have your list of things you have to do and you'll try to do them all at one time. And I'm like, this number four was, is going to be number four regardless. <laughs> Whether you do number three or not, number four is going to be there. So how about you do one and then two and then three and then four? Like, Just worry about the things that you can control and do it one at a time because life is going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Everything that you got due is going to be there. You know, your bill is going to be there every single month, no matter what happens there. We don't get no discounts on no bills or (laughs) nothing like that. You know, like that it's going to be there. So why not just think about it? You know, when that time comes for you to think about it, I'm not saying be blindly and willfully obtuse to the fact that you got bills due and spend all your money. No, I'm just saying worry about that day, that day. And then tomorrow, worry about tomorrow when it becomes today. That's just how I feel about it. And once I started living life like that, I stopped having um, anxiety attacks just because I've realized that I stopped trying to make the day all about my problem. If someone cuts you off on the road, and I say this all the time, if someone cuts you off in the morning as you're driving to work, a lot of people will think about that all day, that mm. four-second instant they'll think about it for the next 12 hours and then they wonder why they had a bad day. But someone could give you a genuine compliment. Your spouse could give you, you know, a wonderful kiss, a hug, words of affirmation, um, a thoughtful gesture or something. And you think about it for the four seconds that you're (laughs) in it and then you're done with it. And then you wonder why your day isn't as amazing as everybody else's is on Twitter or Instagram and stuff like that. And you have to just... You have to live in that and make that what it's about. Like you have to learn how to make the positive stretch more, make it last more. Like our parents always say, we got to make gas stretch till we get home. Like if you ain't want to fill up your tank and you was 10 miles away and you had 11 miles of, of, of gas left, you know, parents would be like, let me make this gas stretch so we can get home. You have to make your positive moments stretch. So that, that four second positivity, turn it into a four-hour thing. So that way, every time someone gives you something positive, you can stretch it out longer than it was so that you don't have to worry about these anxieties or these attacks or all of this negativity that hits you. And that's just how I feel about it. Yeah, that's huge. Like, I think that the antidote to, to everything, to the anxiety and everything, is living in the moment. Like, because if you're in the present, you are not thinking about the future. And for me, that scares me, like, because I'm like, okay, but what about what I need to do then, you know? And I'm realizing that I don't have to live like that. And I've lived like that for so long that I'm like, I don't think, I don't know how, like, can I not live like that? And I'm, I have friends, you know, that are living in the moment and they're enjoying life and they're happy and they're talking to people. And I'm in my head so much that 
I can't even get out of that to enjoy what's going on right now. But when I do take a moment to just think about like what's going on, like I'm sitting here right now recording a podcast at the table. Like why it's it's there's a beauty to the moment that we miss because we're always thinking about the next thing and it's so anxiety inducing when you think about the future because you don't know what the future holds. You can't control it. And that's why it's so scary because it's like, ah, what's going to happen? I don't know, but I'm going to think about it all day. Um, so, yeah, like if anybody is dealing with anxiety, just try to live in the moment. And I'm practicing this now, like breathing, centering, focusing on what's happening right now. And every time I do it, every time I sit down and do it, I smile, like without even like thinking about it. I'm like, man, like there's this beauty and happiness in the moment that I keep passing up because I'm thinking about the future. So yeah, man, that's a good way, good way to end it. Do you have anything you want to share with the people to help them with this upcoming week? Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Radio Zeus. Okay. All right. That's going to help them? Yeah. Radio Z-E-U-S. Just follow me on Twitter. I'll help you guys get through the week. I promise. Amen. All right. Um, let's see. I have to say, um, yeah, man, everybody just, I think, I think we ended it pretty well. Like, live in the moment this week. Um, I wish you all happiness. I wish you all health, um, peace, uh, safety. And yeah, man, let's get out of here. Bye. Thank you. What's up, guys? This is Stacia, and you just listened to episode one of the Dangerous Feats podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please rate us, subscribe, and of course, recommend us to a friend. Thank you again for listening, and we will be back with more Dangerous Tweets next week.